0: Welcome to the Adventures with Grammy podcast. I am your host, Carolyn Barry. This podcast is for grandparents on the go with their grandchildren and for parents who want to ensure loving relationships across the generations. I welcome your input and your feedback on every episode of the podcast we produce. Please send me an email at carolyn at or connect with me on Twitter and Instagram at Grammy Adventure. Please follow or subscribe to my podcast. It's free, so you won't miss an episode and ask your family and friends to do the same. You can subscribe to the monthly newsletter by visiting my website, adventureswithgrammy.com and clicking the newsletter sign-up link. The Adventures with Grammy LLC and the Adventures with Grammy podcast have exciting news to share. We are sponsoring an essay contest for children ages five to 16 to help them honor their grandparents. The contest coincides with two summertime grandparent celebrations, Gorgeous Grandma Day and Grandparents Day. The grandchildren can share their love for their grands by telling the world in 250 words or less why their grands, whether it's grandparents, grandmothers, or grandfathers are grand. The Adventures with Grammy podcast will announce the winners during a special Grandparents Day episode that will be broadcast September 12th. Each of the winners will be invited to record his or her essay that will be heard on the podcast. The winning essays also will be available as a free downloadable PDF from the podcast website. The contest has two age categories, age five to nine, and ages 10 to 16. We will award prizes to the first, second, and third place winners in each category and to a grand prize winner. Entries must be written in US English and submitted electronically between July 23rd, 2021, and August 6, 2021. To learn more for the rules, a list of prizes, a list of sponsors, the contest overview, and the entry form, visit adventureswithgrammy.com forward slash podcast, forward slash contest dot html. There will be a link in the show notes. I am editing and recording the introduction to this week's podcast during a multi-generational family vacation to the Outer Banks of North Carolina. My voice is a few octaves lower because I am recovering from a horrible summer cold. Our multi-generational family includes my two sons and their families, my younger son's mother and father-in-law and his sister-in-law, her husband, and their two young daughters. We have a total of seven adults and eight children, ranging in ages from one month to nine years. Because I'm recording this on location, you might hear my co-host and their love, laughter, and a good dose of chaos. My guest today is Lisa Jakovsky. She is the author of two books in a series, Let's Talk. The first book is Let's Talk, A Story About Autism. And the second book is Let's Talk, Going to the Zoo. The stories are about two little girls, Emma and Harper. Emma is a little one who has autism. Harper Harper is a neurotypical developing child, and they have formed a strong friendship. I hope you enjoy these books, and I hope it gives you some insight on how to talk with children who have autism and the absolute wonderful world of opportunities they can embrace
1: how is the book going? It's going really great. It's getting amazing reviews that really just, it's blowing me away. <laughs> People are getting the message. They love, you know, the social issue. They love that there's different cultures and they love the fact they went to the zoo. So it's, it's been amazing.
0: I am so yeah. happy for you and I'm you so happy much. for Emma and Par- and Harper
1: yes they had so much fun at the zoo
0: when we first met emma and harper they are at a swimming pool and now they've become best friends Mm -hmm. and they're on the way to the zoo with their daddies yep so tell us a bit about the adventures they they find
1: So they have never been to the zoo and they're super excited to go and see the animals and they go and they get so excited to see tigers and monkeys and they go to a touch pool Um, so this is a really new fun adventure for them and it's really um pertinent to the age because it's a they're seven so it's around when they would go and they're having a great time there and emma gets super excited she starts jumping up and down making noises because they're watching the monkeys be super silly and that's when the social issue comes in there's a group of children that come over and they see emma and they think she's being weird so they start to actually bully and make fun of her um harper doesn't understand this and it's very reminiscent of me kind of because you know i'm very open And families, you know, that don't understand autism, very patient, but there's still a part of me that doesn't understand why people don't see autism the way I do. So I put a lot of me into this book too. And Harper actually gives them a nice little lesson in autism and does it in a really nice, good way. And one of the children actually walks over and says, Hey, I'm sorry. We were doing that. I think autism is cool. And he comes over and he starts jumping up and down with them and their dads come over and they end up actually having a really nice time and making a new friend.
0: The behavior that Harper is doing, she's flapping her hands, Mm -hmm. correct? Yep. And that's known as stemming. Can you tell us why children with autism do that?
1: Oh, absolutely. So stemming is kind of like a need that they have. It's almost, it's similar to OCD. It's kind of like um some, like something they have to do. It's a sensory thing and sometimes when little ones with autism have issues with sensory it's basically that the neurons in their brain are firing so rapidly they need something that will help them calm down and relax and stimming is one of those ways that can happen and so little ones with autism they don't know any differently they don't know that it's looking weird or they're out in public they're just like, okay, I'm so overstimulated. I'm so excited. I have to do something to help myself relax. It's almost like anxiety. And for them, that's a way to do it. And that's pretty much what happened with Emma too, is she's watching these animals. She's having this amazing time and she gets so overstimulated that she has to do something to help herself relax. And that's what the arm flapping is. Um, I have a lot of little ones that actually engage in very similar behaviors. And that's why I put in that the dads were doing the same thing just to show that, you know, so what they're stimming, it's nothing weird. It's just a different way that they, they do to help themselves, you know? So, um, I put that in for that reason and I think it came off really well. I work with a lot of little ones that do that.
0: Tell us what the reception to the book has been as far as conversations about autism? What have you heard from readers?
1: Oh, absolutely. It's been incredible. I actually just posted today about a conversation a family had together using my books. And, you know, I I was so blown away. I was just like, Oh my gosh, wow. Because this family, they have a hard time understanding their little one. And the mom gave her parents and her aunt my books and they were just so blown away by it it really surprised me too they thought it was just such an amazing story started the conversation and helped them to understand their little granddaughter and niece better And that's really what the reception has been. I've had so many people come up to me, send me messages, reviews saying, you know, this is such a good book. It needs to be in classrooms. It helps understand autism so much better. Some of the reviewers have been kids, have been kids reading my book, telling their parents what to say for the review or teenagers reviewing it. And I actually just, the last reviewer I had, she said she read it to her six-year-old nephew And he's asked for it every day. He's absolutely loved it. But I think it's really opened up the conversation for autism. And I think it's done it in a very relatable way. And just to have that affirmation that this really is helping people is what makes all this worth it. That's the reason I wrote it, to make an impact and just seeing these small changes, helping these families really become closer together. It's so incredible and seeing these reviews, it's just, this is exactly what I was hoping for. And it just, it it makes it so worth it. It's been such an eye opener. It's been incredible.
0: I jumped into asking about Emma and Harper Mm -hmm. because you were on the, on the program prior. But yeah. for listeners who did not hear that first interview, uh-huh. can you tell them what autism is in case they're not uh-huh. familiar with it yeah. and why this book is resonating with so many people?
1: Autism, they call it a neurological disorder. We really don't know what causes it, but it really is just a different way to learn. So autism affects communication and social actions of little ones can be as young as 18 months being diagnosed and they can be as old as 18 years being diagnosed. And they're just going to have issues with communication. They might be nonverbal and use a picture exchange communication system, or they might have some limited communication and they have different ways of interacting with others. Their social actions are going to be affected. They might not look you in the eye They might not respond when you talk to them, but that's really because their receptive language is affected by autism. From my experience, little ones with autism can do any and everything. And that's what I really bring to this book series is my past experience in my career. I work in applied behavior analysis, and I originally worked with adults with autism and I would take them everywhere. I took them on roller coasters, I took them to Dorney Park, I took them to Crayola factory, um, apple and pumpkin picking and never had an issue. Ran a special Olympics bowling team and when I moved into working with kids, I realized these children that are neurotypical don't have autism, they need some kind of resource and way to understand how to interact with these other little ones. Because what's happening is when they don't get the response they want from a little autism, because of the social issues being affected, they just don't bother anymore. So that's really why I wrote these books. And then the first one is a good book for the girls, or it could be a standalone wrote a second one, but in the first one, the girls meets. They meet at the pool, and Harper has a tube, and Emma wants to play in the tube. But Harper is just meeting Emma. She has no idea she has autism. So Emma is pointing to the tube, and Harper realizes she wants to play with it. So they get in the pool, they play with the tube, they have a great time. And then Harper goes home and has a talk with her mom about her new friend. And then she learns that she has autism, that she is completely nonverbal. And she asks her mom if she can find out a way to interact with her and communicate. So her mom calls and finds out that Emma has a great way to communicate. Emma can actually read and write and I've worked with other little ones that can as well. So that is something that can actually happen to little ones with autism. They just have so much potential.
0: One of the things I think is important for listeners to understand with autism mm-hmm. is that it is a spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. Could you explain what I mean by that statement? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. So they do call autism spectrum disorder and the spectrum part means that there's different levels. So there's different levels to autism. So some little ones could be higher on the spectrum, also known as higher functioning, which means they could be able to talk completely fine. They probably understand what you say to them. They can probably function really well in society and you wouldn't know that they had anything going on. And then there's little ones that are on the middle of the spectrum. Those are going to be little ones who have limited verbal communication. Those are going to be little ones. Difficulty um, understanding what you say to them. There's sensory processing disorder. So they might have that where it takes them a full minute or longer to process what you said and respond. Or they may just not completely understand what you say and just, you know, say something back to you like scripting where they're just basically repeating what they heard on a TV show that they really like. And then there's lower on the spectrum, which are lower functioning little ones. These are going to be little ones that need a lot more therapy, a lot more one-to-one. They're not going to be able to look you in the eye. They're not going to be able to talk. They're going to have a lot more difficulty with any kind of communication system. They're going to have difficulty reading and writing. They can have a very typical life reach their potential. They're just going to have to need more resources to help them reach that. Those might be little ones who have a lot of sensory issues too, where they can't take loud noises or they can't take certain kinds of smells. Or they have feeding and eating issues where they will only eat certain textures or they'll only eat a few foods a day. Some little ones actually barely eat and will eat, you know, a few chips a day. So the spectrum really is long. I've worked with all kinds of little ones with all different varying being on the spectrum. And it really just defines on how much resources and how much kind of therapy that they need.
0: I find it interesting that mm-hmm. Asperger's also is part of this spectrum disorder. Mm-hmm. And recently, the SpaceX CEO, Elon Musk, revealed on Saturday Night Live that he mm-hmm. has Asperger's. And oh, it is an example of how you can be very high functioning mm-hmm. and still be on this spectrum.
1: Oh, absolutely. And Asperger's is one of the higher functioning disorders under the umbrella of autism. Um, I actually have a few, well, one that I'm not with anymore, but I was working with him that had Asperger's and one of them does scripting and you can have, Um, a conversation back and forth with him, but he's going to respond to you with things that he knows how to respond to. So he sounds almost rote. And then I have another little one now turning three next month that he he has processing disorder and he can respond to you, but he's going to respond to you in a few minutes, or he might respond to you with one word instead of three or four or five word phrases. And then you also have the TV show, Big Bang Theory. If anyone's a fan of that, there's always been speculation that Sheldon was autistic. So there's all kinds of things that can happen with little ones that have autism or Asperger's or Down syndrome. They can be savants. The adults that I worked with were incredible artists. Oh my God. They were amazing what they could do. And I tell my families that have little ones with autism are suspected their child can reach their full potential and become savants like that. They can do anything, everything. It's really up to the parents to allow them to do it. You know, and that's probably what Elon Musk Musk is where he is too, is his family was very, you know, open and supportive. And that's the best way to ensure these little ones reach their full potential. Because look, Elon Musk is a millionaire now. There's no reason that any other little one with Asperger's, autism, PDD, Down syndrome, there's no reason that they couldn't get to that same place.
0: And that is so true. Often (laughs) they have incredibly intense interest in a very limited manner. And if you allow children to build on their strengths, their potential is unlimited.
1: Absolutely. And that's what I'm working on with my books too, is changing the view of autism. So families actually encourage the little ones to go and do all these things, like go to the pool and learn to swim. I have a little one right now learning to swim and in my job. And he's not even two and he's doing amazing and has the diagnosis. There's no reason they couldn't go to the zoo Or, you know, go to an amusement park or go to dance class or soccer classes, you know, and having all these amazing examples like Elon Musk. I think that's incredible. I'm really proud that he came out and told everybody because that's going to be a really, really huge, inspiring thing for these families.
0: After he made that announcement, Dan Aykroyd came out because Elon Musk had said he was the first person with Asperger's to host Saturday Night Live. And Dan Um, Aykroyd said, oh no, I have Asperger's and Tourette and I've hosted this show already. It's interesting that when one celebrity is willing to admit there is something a little different Mm -hmm. that others are willing to come forward to. And when you mentioned about Down syndrome, also recently a young woman who has Down syndrome did some, I don't remember the exact thing mm-hmm. that she did, but she did something fabulous on the golfing scene.
1: Yes. And there's also the Down syndrome um, model. She, it was a few months ago and they were showcasing this model who has Down syndrome and she was gorgeous. And I think it's just incredible that people are being open to this and we need more of it. I'm glad that Dan Arkroyd came out and said that. And I'm glad that there's a golfer out there that is open about it and a model because it really just shows you know, how far and how much potential these little individuals have. And I think that's incredible.
0: I just looked it up as a 22 year old girl from Arizona oh, wow. became the first person with Down syndrome. To compete in a college championship oh, event. Wow,
1: that's incredible! Her and name me, is. She can go to college. Amy Bockerstette. Absolutely amazing! Congrats to her and good luck with it. I hope she makes it out to the majors because that's incredible. How inspiring is that?
0: What is an important message that we need to tell our listeners to sum up what your books are about?
1: Be open. Be open and be determined to break down barriers. That's the basic message in in both my books. And that's what I really want children and families to know. Just be open, be supportive, and don't let those barriers stay there. Break them down. Break down those boundaries. Don't let anything stand in your way. If you want to befriend that little one, go for it. If your child has autism and they want to go do something, let them go do it. You know, even little ones that are neurotypical, maybe they go on soccer and they don't like it. Same thing with a little one with autism. You don't know until you try. And that's what I really want families to come away from my books.
0: Lisa, please tell Mm -hmm. our listeners the names of the two books and where they can find them for sale and where Mm -hmm. they can find you.
1: First book is called Let's Talk, A Story of Autism and Friendship. And book two just came out a month ago. It's called Let's Talk, Going to the Zoo. The series is called Let's Talk. So each one is going to have that first and then I'll have the second byline. They can be found on Amazon, barnesandnoble.com, target.com, they're on Okibis which is a really cool consignment store. I have an Etsy shop called Pale Pink Adventures. And if you buy it from there, I will send a small little surprise gift and I will also sign it for you. And you can also check out my website, Lisa J, J-A-Y. So it's L-I-S-A-J-A-Y, um, author.com. And I post a ton of blogs, reviews. I have all the links to where you can buy my books sneak peeks of upcoming books and things that I'm working on, author interviews. You can also find me on Facebook and Instagram under um, my Twitter is Elisa Child Books and my Facebook and Instagram is Books by Lisa Tchaikovsky. I'm going to be doing book tours again soon where you can actually uh, sign up for a giveaway to win my books for free. So definitely follow me on social media. Um, Also Very interactive. I will respond to you if you comment, message, have anything you want to talk about. Um, I post reviews all over. I post updates, all kinds of really fun things, giveaways. So definitely come follow me and come interact with me because I would love to hear from you.
0: And I'd like to remind listeners that Mm -hmm. I will have all of those links in the show notes. Mm -hmm. If you didn't have an opportunity to jot it down as Lisa was Telling us the links, you can find them in the show notes. Lisa, thank you so much and good luck with everything that you're doing to help promote accepting of children with differences. This is Grandson One, Gavin. Can you tell our listeners what you like most about our family vacations?
1: Adventures.
0: What do you mean by adventures?
1: Like mini golf today. We got a hole in one.
0: What else did we do?
1: Ate ice cream.
0: Yeah, what else did we do?
1: Went to the arcade.
0: Yeah. Do you like it when I come on vacations with you? Yeah. What's the best part of my being here? Having fun. Anything else you want to tell the people listening about family vacations? Would you recommend it? Yeah. And why? Because it's really fun. And your cousins are here. Yeah. And both of your grandmothers are here. Mm-hmm. Grandson, too, is Kane. Kane Archerberry. And what do you mm-hmm. like about family vacations? Um, you can go to the beach. And well, it's just a lot of fun. Have a big details. We're really excited when to go.
1: It's just a really fun trip to go to the beach out for a
0: week. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you have enjoyed today's episode of The Adventures with Grammy Podcast. You will find the links to our guests and the topics we discussed in this episode's show notes. If you would like to be a guest or if you know someone who would be an awesome guest, Please connect with me at Carolyn at Adventures with Grammy dot com.